This is The Guardian. I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Wurundjeri land, and this is The Full Story. The Royal Commission has found that the Liberal Party's robo-debt scheme was, to quote, a crude and cruel mechanism. After hundreds of hours of hearings and reams of documents, the Robo-Debt Royal Commission has handed down its findings. Neither fair nor legal, and it made many people feel like criminals. The Commissioner, Catherine Holmes, was scathing of former Prime Minister Scott Morrison, ex-Minister Stuart Roberts and Department Head Catherine Campbell. Quote Commissioner Holmes's words about our predecessors, the things that can go wrong through venality, incompetence and cowardice. It shouldn't have taken a Royal Commission to stop this scheme. Unnamed individuals will be referred for criminal and civil prosecution, but those names remain in a sealed section that has not been made public. Today, what we know about what went wrong with robo-debt, including the human harm it caused and who was responsible. It's Saturday, the 8th of July. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, Luke. Hi, Gabs. Hi, Chris. Hey, Gabs. Christopher Norse and Luke Enriquez-Gomes are both reporters for Guardian Australia. So you both have been reporting on the robo-debt scandal for many years and the report has come out today while we're recording Friday. What did the report tell us? Well, the report told us a lot of things that we've known for, for many years, right? Robo-debt was profoundly unjust, damaged hundreds of thousands of lives, caused untold sort of financial, emotional harm, and also that it was illegal, unlawful, and that the government likely knew that it could have been or um, was unlawful. So the Commissioner, Catherine Holmes, has told us, you know, it's made some really damning findings against key individuals who were at the highest levels of power at the point in time in which robo-debt was first formulated and then implemented and then eventually um, suspended. And it's made referrals for uh, criminal and civil investigations um, into unnamed individuals. Unnamed. Why are they unnamed? So the idea here is that, you know, the Royal Commission doesn't want to prejudice any further investigations that may take place. So they fear that 
you know, by naming individuals or, or giving detail around what may or may not have constituted the need for a further investigation, that if they were to put that detail out into the public realm, it could prejudice other agencies from, from doing their job properly, basically. So is that part of the, this so-called sealed chapter? That's right. So everything about these referrals is in a sealed chapter. So it's not available to us as journalists or to the public, but it has been given to a select number of office holders and, and agencies, um, including the AFP, the Public Service Commission and some other agencies. Luke, Chris just said that a lot of what was in the report we knew already. Was there anything that came out of the report that surprised you? Personally, I think I was most surprised by the strength of the commissioner's language. I mean, she talked about cowardice being a part of this whole saga. She was incredibly critical of the culture in the public service and uh, among politicians and she sort of drew a link between that culture, uh, an inability and an unwillingness of public servants to challenge politicians and a desire from politicians to make hay, um, you know, out of issues of welfare, fraud and things like that. But the, the language was incredibly scathing, talking about individuals and also just, I guess, what was at the heart of what happened here, which was really shocking. The other thing that this report has done, I think, that is extremely important is it has told us in black and white, really, who knew what, when, about things like the legality of the scheme, you know, how income averaging was going to be used, those sorts of things. You know, at the time of its inception back in 2015, again, at the time of sort of 20, late 2016, 2017, when the criticism started, you know, it, it shows us in really forensic detail questions around the legality of the scheme. So let's get into that then. What did it find about the individuals we know who were involved in this scheme? So there are a number of really key figures in this. So there's Scott Morrison, who was Social Services Minister back in 2015. So the Royal Commission found that he essentially allowed Cabinet to be misled about the robo-debt proposal. And he did that because he never inquired into why his department had backtracked on its earlier opinion that legislative change was going to be needed to make robo-debt lawful. So that's a really key point. It found that Catherine Campbell, the Secretary of the Department of Human Services, was, uh, well, it made a range of extraordinary findings against Catherine Campbell. Um, it found that she did nothing when exposed to information um, that suggested robo-debt might be illegal. It found that she also allowed Cabinet to be misled by allowing a, a policy proposal to go to the Expenditure Review Committee, which is a, a Cabinet committee, which said nothing about the intention for the use of income averaging or and said nothing about the fact that legislative reform, again, might be needed to make this scheme lawful. It found that she quite shocking to me, uh, really, when sort of all the criticisms of RoboDebt started in, in 2017, she was on leave, there was an acting secretary in her place. He had ordered that legal advice be sought about RoboDebt. She came back from leave and instructed her department to stop responding to that, that request. So effectively, to she shut it down. Um, 
So that a range of extraordinary findings there against Catherine Campbell. She now has a pretty big job involved in AUKUS, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. And our reporter, Daniel Hurst, has, has asked Defence, you know, whether she's going to remain in that job. And I think that's that's yet to be seen. Okay, so that's Scott Morrison and Catherine Campbell. We know that Alan Tudge was also involved. What did it find about him? So Alan Tudge was the Human Services Minister in 2017, which is essentially when the whole issue was thrown into public controversy. There were journalists asking questions, um, advocates were raising concerns, and of course victims themselves were speaking out in the media. The report finds in particular that some of Alan Tudge's actions in defending the scheme through his office, using the information of social security recipients to defend the program, Catherine Holmes said that represented an abuse of power. She was incredibly scathing about that, um, basically said, you know, the power dynamic and the release of information about social security recipients had a chilling effect, which um, worked to dampen criticism. Mm. She also uh, looked into reports of um, suicide that were linked to the scheme. And what Holmes said was that Tudge essentially took no action in reviewing the, um, I guess, reasonableness of the scheme and his defence at the time in the commission was, oh, well, I wasn't in Cabinet, I didn't have the um, ability to stop the scheme. And what Holmes said was while she accepted that that was his belief, there was nothing stopping Tudge from taking some action to review the, the scheme and also specifically to investigate the cases that uh, had been brought to him, uh, um, his attention and his officer's attention as well. You mentioned that the findings against Tudge were critical of how he used the media. I wonder if the report said anything else about the media's role in this scheme. It, it painted a mixed picture, I would say. It found quite clearly with Tudge that, you know, he was using friendly media, compliant media, if you want to describe it, to kind of distract and distort and push back against criticism of, of robo-debt. So that happened in, in the form of drops to friendly media. Um, so on that score, you know, I think the media failed quite significantly. Mm. It does also, though, show that there were some outlets, um, and I, I do have to say principally The Guardian, but also the ABC and others who from the very start, from late 2016 onwards, were pursuing this and putting questions to departments and ministers, um, including about the legality of the scheme and the use of income averaging right from those early days. And, you know, that I think that's, that's reflected in the report. Yeah, I would add I think there's... Um probably uncomfortable questions for our profession really um, that emerged from the report about the use of our profession by politicians to defend their own interests and actions uh, and in doing so, you know, harming and demonising some of the most vulnerable people in the country. Um, And that was something that came out in the hearings. The ministers were questioned about that, questioned about the conflation between individual Centrelink recipients who might have made a mistake and welfare fraud. There was this conflation here, basically robo-debt, you know, leaving aside the fact that these debts were in many cases not actually owed. 
these were administrative mistakes in cases where somebody might have been overpaid. And the rhetoric from ministers um, and the government was about deliberate fraud. Holmes appeared outraged by this as it was brought up time and time again and, and the report makes clear welfare fraud in Australia is minuscule. Yet at the times when the scheme was perhaps right at that tipping point where perhaps something might have happened which would have forced the government to to change it, kind of as Chris sort of said, the government was able to turn to certain outlets to get a misrepresentation of reality out there to defend itself. And that was, I think, crucial to allowing it to weather those moments of controversy and keep the whole thing going for four and a half years. In the report, you can actually see text messages flying between cabinet ministers dismissing it as as a Guardian story or the ABC story, you know, no one else cares. So we can put it to bed because, you know, it's not a story anymore if only those two outlets are, are reporting on it. So you can almost see the effect in real time that these failings are having, mm. these failings of the media. And Stuart Robert was the final minister under which the scheme was run. Did it make any findings about Stuart Robert? Yeah, that's right. So Robert was government services minister in 2019 and uh, the Royal Commission had heard during its evidence that Robert was out publicly defending robo-debt still at that point and using figures that were quite patently false um, to do so. And it heard, you know, that he had some private reservations about the scheme and about income averaging, but he, he told the Royal Commission that he was sort of defending it publicly out of Cabinet solidarity. The Royal Commission was scathing of Robert's approach. It said that nothing uh, compels a minister to knowingly make false statements, um, even the idea of Cabinet solidarity. So he has recently left Parliament. Tudge has left Parliament. Morrison is the only minister involved in the scheme who's still in Parliament. Will he stay? Do we know what the consequences for Scott Morrison will be? So it remains to be seen what will happen with uh, Scott Morrison. Very first question. Do you think it's appropriate that Scott Morrison continue to sit in Parliament? Well, that, that's a matter for uh, him. Anthony Albanese was asked about it following the release of this report, asked whether, you know, Morrison should remain in Parliament. Uh, I'm not here to uh, make, uh, make commentary on uh, individual members. He's been elected as a member for Cook. I do think... And Albanese said, you know, that's a matter for him, but he said that... I do think that members of Parliament have a responsibility to turn up to Parliament unless there's a very good excuse. I should say Scott Morrison has said that he rejects completely each of the findings which are critical of his involvement in authorising the scheme and the findings that are adverse to him. Morrison said it was an offensive and baseless assertion to claim he pressured public servants to say the robo-debt scheme did not require legislation. Tudge has also responded and he's strongly rejected Holmes' comments about his actions. And in terms of the civil action and criminal prosecution, Christian Porter, who we haven't actually mentioned yet, Alan Tudge and Stuart Robert all said that they had not received notice that they were included in the sealed referral section of the report. Next. The cost and pain of robo-debt.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Over the past few years, between you, you've spoken to dozens of victims of this scheme. Do you know how they're feeling about this report? Yeah, look, I, it's, it's mixed. So I've spoken with a lot of victims in the lead up to the release of this report. I don't know, there's there's sort of two responses I find. Some people say, you know, we've known about all of this for almost seven years. We've known that income averaging was being used. We knew how flawed it was. We knew there were questions about the legality of it. We knew knew of the profound impact on people's lives, of the just the sheer cruelty of it all. And, you know, the the basic response is, you know, where's where's everyone been? Mm -hmm. Why are we now all suddenly so shocked at, at what's happened. So I think that's a really fair and, and genuine response to the Royal Commission, people who feel like they'd been ignored six, seven years ago, being kind of frustrated now that, you know, everyone's sort of suddenly saying, oh, my God, like look at what these poor people went through. But then there's, there's another another response as well, which is one I think of catharsis, which is people saying, you know, the Robodet scheme made me feel so worthless, so sort of hopeless and ashamed really, you know, that they'd, like they'd done something wrong, that they were bad people, um, you know, bad financial managers couldn't provide for their families. And that, that sense of shame I think is, is really enduring and endures to this day. But a lot, a lot of people that I've spoken to have said the Royal Commission process has sort of redressed that a little bit. It's, you know, really quite publicly and powerfully shown just what these people were up against, what victims were up against, and the the kind of cruelty with which they were being treated. So I think that, you know, that there are mixed reactions, I think it's, it's fair to say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think one of the things that was most welcome from victims about the idea of a Royal Commission was that you would have the people who were responsible for implementing robo-debt forced to answer questions, I think. That doesn't mean that I think victims are satisfied with the answers. Of course, there were lots of people who struggled to remember certain crucial events and um, I think the commissioner herself uh, sort of said everybody seems to be blaming somebody else. But um, I think there was definitely value from the perspective of victims in having that process occur. I guess the other question will be, what impact or effect the the recommendations will have, you know, because some of the victims are still in the social security system and they will benefit potentially from changes to Centrelink processes, um, changes to the powers of watchdogs like the Commonwealth Ombudsman, 
um, things like that. But the commissioner also pointed to the rate of the job seeker payment in, in, in her um, discussion of, of the broader landscape. So I think one key thing will be, you know, what change comes from this and I imagine that will shape the, the reaction of victims going forward. I think it became really clear during the Royal Commission just how big a failure of the public service this scheme was. You just mentioned, you know, it was shocking to see different departments blaming each other and this this kind of blame game that no one seemed to be answerable to. Does the report go into the public service or make recommendations about how it should be improved? I mean, yes, it does is the short answer. So, for example, Holmes says that they should, the government should review the two departments who um, were responsible for the scheme, so Department of Social Services and now what's called Services Australia. Um, we heard, as you said, the blame game between the two departments. It was unclear who was responsible for what, and that allowed um, the whole thing to sort of continue without anyone really being accountable. There are recommendations around... Um, watchdogs who are supposed to hold those government departments to account. So, for example, um, the Commonwealth Ombudsman should have more powers and also bureaucrats should have a, a statutory duty to assist with um, the watchdog in its investigations. One of the things we saw during the Royal Commission was that the um, departments, particularly the Department of Human Services, um, willfully obstructed the investigations of the Commonwealth Ombudsman. That coincided with a report in a report in 2017, which was not sufficiently critical of the, the scheme and did not point to its legal problems. Um, that happens because the Department of Human Services didn't provide the documents that the watchdog needed to make those findings. Mm. Um, so that's a pretty key change. In terms of, um, you know, there's a bit of talk about the sort of automated nature of this system. The um, commissioner says there should be uh, a body that would audit the use of algorithms and automation in government decision-making and also there should be um, more transparency about those processes in terms of freedom of information. There's a whole range of of things that she sort of talks about in terms of social security policy, the broader public service, the watchdogs that are, are meant to keep the, the government and departments accountable. I think it's just important to, to sort of say that we are naturally focused on the big names and that's fine, but that's not what is going to prevent this from happening again. It's going to be structural reform and reform to the public service, the way it operates and the oversight um, and the way it considers criticism. That that's what's going to prevent something like robot debt happening again. So it's just really important to sort of keep that in, in mind, I think. At the time of recording, it's only hours after the report has been handed down, but has the government given any indication of how it is going to respond to this? Uh, look, it's still very early days. We'll, we'll give appropriate consideration to all of the recommendations and we'll also give appropriate consideration to what action uh, will be uh, coming from here. Okay. Uh, we we won't preempt uh, that. That we'll what we're expecting is that the government will, will take its time to consider these recommendations and, and take some legal advice and 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 work out um, what they're going to do uh, going forward. The whole point of this scheme was to save the budget billions of dollars. Did it? No, in a word, uh, it ended up costing taxpayers half a billion dollars, which just makes this whole thing seem so senseless, um, gleaned off the people who were 
the most vulnerable and the least able to to give them up. And it caused so much pain, so much heartache. And and yet at the end of the day, you know, when after the government has, has suspended and withdrawn the scheme and all the costs involved with that, uh, they've ended up chewing through $500 million of taxpayers' money, not saving a single cent. Luke, last time we spoke to you on Full Story when the Royal Commission was coming to an end, you were really reflecting on the fact that robo-debt was stopped because it was unlawful and the next scheme won't be unlawful. You felt like we really had to stop and think about how government schemes were impacting people to be assured that anything would change in the future. I wonder how you feel about that now, about you've read the report, you said it was quite critical and did mention the human suffering involved in this. Look, I think Catherine Holmes made clear that there were individuals that, put it simply, there were government departments um, who failed or were willfully did the wrong thing too, and there were watchdogs that that failed to hold those individuals and departments to account. But what this was really about was what Scott Morrison himself described as a sort of welfare cop mentality, right? Um, Holmes goes in for that, the problems with that. I mean, Royal Commissions are generally fact-finding investigations, but she sort of goes a little bit beyond that, really. I might quote from her. She says, anti-welfare rhetoric is easy, populism useful for campaign purposes. Um, It is not recent, nor is it confined to one side of politics. And she says that really... For there to be change, there needs to be a wholesale reckoning about the way that we treat the most vulnerable people in in Australia, those on social security payments, because to come back to the question and the point about the legality aspect, what this saga seems to show is that if RoboDebt wasn't unlawful and there wasn't the ability to stop it in the courts, which is eventually what happened, would it have been stopped by the coalition at that point? I'm not sure that we can say for sure that it was. And I think that's what Holmes is getting at. Chris, you actually broke this story back in 2016. I wonder how you felt today with all that time passed, having to reflect and then reading the report today, how you feel about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's complicated. Um, really complicated, but I think a feeling of relief, really. Relief, not personally, but relief for for victims and for all the advocates and the activists who have worked on this and been out there campaigning against it for so long who were just told right from the outset that they were wrong. They didn't understand what they were talking about. All their criticisms were were misguided and, and, you know, just sort of dismissed as kind of nothing. You know, if nothing else, the the report gives vindication. I think vindication has been there for a while, but it kind of puts this final stamp on it, right? And, you know, to have this report so convincingly say that uh, the people in power were in fact the ones out there misleading and ignoring concerns about the legalities of the scheme. um, I think that's that's a really powerful thing. I hope that victims can take some comfort from this report. As Chris said, for many people, they know what they went through, they know that it was wrong and 
some people really went out on a limb to stand up for themselves and for others. And I think that's why we have a Royal Commission and the Royal Commission has been able to tell us things that we never otherwise would have been able to know. So I hope all of that um, yeah, is of comfort to, to the victims particularly. That was Guardian reporters Christopher Norse and Luke Enriquez-Gomes. You can read more about the RoboDebt Royal Commission's findings on the Guardian Australia website, and we'll post a couple of those articles on the Full Story page. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria, additional production by Phoebe McElwraith. Sound design, mixing and our theme tune are by Joe Koning. The executive producer was Hannah Parks. I'm Gabrielle Jackson, and Full Story will be back in your feeds on Tuesday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 